the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is Cornerstone Connection, the radio ministry of Pastor Gary Hamrick of Cornerstone Chapel in Leesburg, Virginia. Pastor Gary is teaching through Jeremiah. Some people live their lives this way. They think that everything that they've accomplished, everything that they have, everything they own, every place they've been is all about themselves. And the warning for us in Scripture is stop all the boasting and make sure we see God's rightful place in our lives. Now, the Bible has a lot to say in warning about this problem, dare I say this sin of boasting. And so when it comes to our boasting about ourselves, James writes in James 4.16 that all such boasting is evil. Do you see God's hand within your life? As you listen to today's message from Pastor Gary, he encourages you to stop and recognize all the wonderful things God has done for you. Scripture says that every good and perfect gift you've been given has come from the hands of God. It's important to give God the recognition and glory He deserves. Pastor Gary explains that oftentimes people will want to boast about themselves, but he challenges you to only boast in the Lord. At the close of Pastor Gary's message today, I'll be sharing with you how you can get a copy of today's broadcast of Cornerstone Connection. Subscribe to the podcast or get in touch with us. But for now, let's join Pastor Gary in the book of Jeremiah chapter 9 as he begins his message, Something to Boast About. Jeremiah chapter 9 is where we're going to be in our continuing study straight through the Bible. We are here now in the book of Jeremiah as we go cover to cover through Scripture. We're going to be taking a look today at chapter 9, just two verses, verses 23 and 24. Jeremiah chapter 9, verse 23 says, This is what the Lord says, Let not the wise man boast of his wisdom, or the strong man boast of his strength, or the rich man boast of his riches. But let him who boasts boast about this, that he understands and knows me, That I am the Lord who exercises kindness, justice, and righteousness on earth, for in these I delight, declares the Lord. Well, on the subject of boasting, I heard the story about a 12-year-old boy who was just full of himself, uh, bragged about everything concerning himself. And so his parents decided, you know what, we need to we need to really do something here about Johnny, because he's just always bragging about himself. And so the parents came up with this idea, why don't, we, why don't we take him somewhere, let him see something that is so grand, so great, that he'll just get the idea that he's small in comparison to the greatness of God. And so they decided to take him to the Grand Canyon. Mom and dad thought, this will do it. We'll, just, we'll stand him there on the perch looking over the Grand Canyon. He'll begin to realize just how great and magnificent God is and how small he is. Maybe this bragging stuff will come to an end. 
And so there stands little Johnny and mom and dad. They're like, Johnny, we want you to look out here. Look at the vast of the, this vast expanse of God's creation here. The Grand Canyon, 277 miles long, 18 miles wide, a mile down. God just scooped it out with the palm of his hand. He's magnificent, Johnny. And little Johnny just stood there, didn't say a word, kept his mouth shut, nothing. And he just kind of leaned over the railing there at the overlook, and then he spit. Later he went home, and he was writing in his journal. Mom and dad decided after he fell asleep to go look and see what he had written in his journal. They thought, finally, he's going to write something of a little bit of humility. So while he was asleep, they looked in his journal, and he had written, Today, I spit a mile. (laughs) He just didn't get it. And some people just don't get it when it comes to bragging and boasting. And case in point, the people here of Judah, this is where we are here in chapter 9. In our study today, the people of Judah were just like that middle school boy, all full of themselves and bragging about and boasting about how smart they were, how strong they were, how wealthy they were, all the while rejecting God. Their pride was in themselves. Their confidence was in themselves. Their hope was in themselves. They had no room for God and no regard for God's commandments. And this is why Jeremiah rebukes them here in verse 23 when he says, this is what the Lord says, let not the wise man boast of his wisdom or the strong man boast of his strength or the rich man boast of his riches. Now, obviously, wisdom, strength, and riches are not the only things that man boasts about, but these are the typical things that people boast about, how smart one is, how strong, and it doesn't just mean physically, it means you know, how powerful one is, or how wealthy, the idea is how successful one is. Those are typical ways that people like to boast. The ESV, if you're reading from the ESV translation, it also uses the word boast here in verse 23 and 24, but New King James uses the word glory. And it reads like this in the New King James Version, let not the wise man glory in his wisdom, let not the mighty man glory in his might, let not the rich man glory in his riches. We have the tendency, if we're not careful, to be self-sufficient in our world, to think that it's all about me and not really about God. Some people live their lives this way. They think that everything that they've accomplished, everything that they have, everything they own, every place they've been is all about themselves. And the warning for us in Scripture is stop all the boasting and make sure we see God's rightful place in our lives. Now, the Bible has a lot to say in warning about this problem, dare I say, this sin of boasting. And so when it comes to our boasting about ourselves, James writes in James 4.16 that all such boasting is evil. It's evil. It's sinful. For us to think that our lives are about ourselves as if God had nothing to do with it. Uh, Furthermore, John writes in his epistle, 1 John 2.16, he says, For everything in the world, the cravings of sinful man, the lust of his eyes, and the boasting of what he has and does comes not from the Father, but from the world. In other words, John is warning us that all this boasting, this this is the mindset of the world. This is not the way God has wired us or God desires for us to express ourselves or to have this attitude concerning life. This is a worldly mentality, the boasting in life of what one has and what one does. Paul will even remind us that when it comes to our very salvation, don't 
think to ourselves that we've done anything to earn it or to deserve it because we have nothing to boast about. That's why he writes in Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, for it is by grace you have been saved through faith and this not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works so that no one can what? Boast. There's to be no boasting in our lives. And Almost 2,000 years ago, Paul will also prophesy, when he writes to Timothy, and he talks about there's going to be certain characteristics of the culture leading up to the second coming of Christ. And he actually lists 19 characteristics, and, and they're all you know negative, terrible characteristics. But number three on the list is boasting. Here's what he says in 2 Timothy 3, 1 to 2, and then also verse 5. He says, but mark this, there will be terrible times in the last days, talking about coming to the return of Christ. People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy. The list goes on through verses 3 and 4. And then in verse 5, he says at the end, have nothing to do with them. In other words, God's people should not be like this. And again, number three on the list is boastful. That's what we're talking about today. Why is boasting such a wrong thing? Why is it such a sinful thing? Well, three reasons why boasting is not good. Just practical things I think that we can safely say is true about the problem of boasting. The first one is that boasting exposes insecurity. It really does. Boasting exposes a person's insecurity. The reason why people want to celebrate themselves draw attention to themselves, brag about what they've done or who they are, is because honestly, there's usually a void in their life that they are hoping others can fill with their praise. If you've ever been around someone like this, it's exhausting trying to fill an emotional hole that really, honestly, needs to be filled by the Lord. Because, you know, maybe growing up a person didn't get the kind of loving affirmation from their parents that would have been uh, nice to receive. Maybe they didn't get affirmation from a coach or from a teacher. And so, you know, then they end up growing up and subconsciously then they want everyone else in their lives to make up for that shortage. Truth is, and this is truth from a biblical perspective, truth is that unless a person's confidence or security comes from the Lord, you can compliment them all day long. But if they don't have their confidence and security in the Lord, at the end of the day, that person is still going to be starving for more affirmation. Now, of course, let's not throw the baby out with the bathwater. All of us need some affirmation to some degree, and all of us should be people who affirm others. The Bible commands us many places in Scripture to encourage one another. God wired us for relationships and friendships because God understands our, our need for being connected and loving and appreciating and affirming and encouraging one another. That should be part of our disposition towards each other. Uh, even, even words of affirmation uh, is one of the five love languages in the book by that same name. If you haven't ever read the book Five Love Languages by Dr. Gary Chapman, I encourage you to get it. Read it together if you're married. Read it together as a couple because it'll help you understand how each person feels most loved. And, and you can dialogue about it. Uh, but but you know, even words of affirmation is one of the love languages. It's not that it's a wrong thing to ever want or need affirmation. But there's a difference between... Uh, receiving affirmation that we all appreciate, and soliciting affirmation by bragging about ourselves. 
There's a big difference between those two. Proverbs 27 verse 2 reminds us, let another praise you and not your own mouth, someone else and not your own lips. So number one, boasting exposes insecurity. Number two, boasting expresses pride. Whenever we talk about ourselves and boast about what we have or what we've done, it's the language of pride. John Calvin once said that pride is the pregnant mother of all sins. I mean, you you can trace just about any sin back to the root, which is often pride. And it certainly is the case when we talk about boasting. Because when a person is boasting, they are prideful because when a person boasts, the only person they're interested in honoring is no one else in the room except themselves. And by the way, whenever someone starts a conversation, starts a sentence trying to disarm you by saying, now I don't mean to brag, but get ready, they're going to brag. It isn't disarming at all. It's actually, you know sounding the alarm like, okay, this person's about to really boast on themselves. You know, ask yourself, when you meet someone for the first time, are you more interested finding out about them or are you more interested telling them about yourself? Obviously, there are some exceptions to this. I, you know, it, let's not go extreme on, on the topic. I mean, obviously, if you're, if you're sitting down for a job interview, and your prospective employer is asking you, give me your resume, tell me about your accomplishments, tell me about your achievements so that you can convince me I should hire you. There's a place and a time where you need to talk about yourself. Uh, if, if you're trying to get into a certain school that you want to get accepted to, that school is going to want, give me, give me your transcripts, give me your achievements, give me your accomplishments. They're asking for you to talk about yourself. Those, those obviously are necessary times when you might need to talk about yourself more than usual. But otherwise, the Bible reminds us, Philippians 2.3, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility... Always consider others better than yourself. And number three, the the third reason why boasting is not good is because it exploits the glory that belongs only to God. It exploits the glory that belongs only to God. The word for boast in your Bibles there, or glory if you have a New King James Version, is the Hebrew word halal, H-A-L-A-L, halal. And that Hebrew word is actually used more than 80 times just in the book of Psalms to describe praise unto God. Because the word halal in Hebrew can translate to boast, to glory, to shine, or to celebrate. And more than 80 times that Hebrew word is used exclusively about the glory of God, about celebrating God, about shining the light on God. Psalm 18.3, for example, I call to the Lord who is worthy of praise. The word is halal. Psalm 34, 2, my soul, in my soul will boast in the Lord. The word boast there is halal. Psalm, Psalm 96, 4, for great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. Halal. So in other words, in essence, when man boasts about himself, when he celebrates himself, when he relishes in, in his wisdom, in his strength, in his wealth, What he's doing, in effect, is robbing God of the glory that is due his name. Because who do you think is the source of your wisdom, strength, and wealth, and everything else in your life? 
It is the Lord. And so when we begin to take credit or when we begin to shine the light on ourselves or celebrate self, we are actually exploiting the glory that belongs exclusively to God. So then Jeremiah adds here in verse 24 in your Bibles, there in chapter 9, verse 24, this is why then he adds, so if you're going to boast, please just boast about the Lord. If you're going to celebrate someone, don't celebrate yourself, celebrate the Lord. If you're going to glorify someone, don't glorify yourself, glorify the Lord. So he says in verse 24, but let him who boasts, boast about this. Here's the first part of verse 24, that he understands and knows me that I am the Lord. So very first thing Jeremiah says, if we're going to boast about anybody, boast about the Lord that we know and understand him. Now, the word to know in the Hebrew is yada, and it means experiential knowledge, that we actually know him by experience, not just theoretically. There are a lot of people who will say to you, I know God, but what they mean is, I know about God. Yeah, but do you know him? Do you understand that God is knowable? Mahatma Gandhi was wrong when he said once, God is that indefinable something that we all feel, but which we cannot know. He was wrong. See, his whole understanding of God was very different from the God as he reveals himself in Scripture. God reveals himself in Scripture as powerful, awesome, majestic, creator, savior, and that he is personable and knowable. That we can know him in a personal, experientially know him. Not just theoretically in our heads, but know him in a personal way. Now, the Apostle Paul says there are three primary ways that God has revealed himself to mankind by which he is knowable. In Romans 1 and 2, Paul says three ways that God is knowable, through creation, through conscience, and through commandments. This is the way that God has revealed himself to us so that we might know him. First, let me just highlight these three very, very briefly. Creation. Creation. God has revealed himself through creation. Evolutionary theory actually contradicts the scientific law of cause and effect. Because the scientific law of cause and effect says that no effect can be greater than its cause. And yet in evolutionary theory it teaches that intelligent life sprang from non-intelligent matter. It's a violation of the scientific law of cause and effect. Truth is that intelligent life sprang from an even more intelligent designer who has revealed himself in the vast complexity, diversity, and interdependency of our universe. God is the grand designer, and he has revealed himself through creation. If we would simply look at creation, it screams creator. Listen, friends, despite, despite how academia wants you to believe otherwise. The, the, the reality is, just look at something as simple as a watch. A wristwatch is a complex thing. It's more complex than I certainly could, could make. Many of you would probably be able to design something like this. But when you look at a watch, nobody looks at a watch and thinks, boy, that accidentally came together. Everybody looks at a watch and realizes there's a watchmaker. There's a manufacturer behind the watch. You, you look at a house You look at at, at our church building here. Everybody with any amount of intelligence looks at a building, looks at a house, and says, there's a designer behind that. There's an architect behind that. There's a builder behind that. It didn't just happen. 
When you look at your cell phone, if you look at a cell phone, it it clearly says there's a designer behind this who wants to gouge you out of thousands of dollars. (laughs) I mean, it's clear, right? So why is it then that when we look at creation, we're somehow supposed to check our brains at the door and say, oh, but there's no creator behind this. All the majesty and magnificence and vast complexity of our universe just all happened. It is an insult to our intelligence, my friends. God has revealed himself through creation. Paul writes in Romans 1, so that men are without excuse. It screams a divine designer. Number two is conscience. God has also revealed himself through conscience. He is knowable because he has placed within us an intuitive, instinctive understanding that there is a God in this universe. Because we are created in the image and likeness of God, he is planted within us an intuitive realization of his existence. Even among some of the most remote tribal people in the world, without any exposure to the Bible, without any exposure to an understanding of God, there's this intuitive, instinctive thing, a part of our human nature, being all created in the likeness and image of God, that rises up to to find it necessary to worship something larger than ourselves. Case in point, the Melanesian people of the island of Vanuatu. It's a very remote island in the South Pacific. During World War II, Vanuatu Island was used as a staging area for the Allied troops. And, uh, and so they would make from time to time, cargo planes would drop supplies to the soldiers on Vanuatu Island. The indigenous people saw this airplane coming out of the sky, dropping supplies, and because it is instinctive in our nature that there's someone greater, something more magnificent that is the supplier of every good and perfect gift that comes from above, the Vanuatu people began to worship airplanes, and actually here's a picture of a modern group of people who have built this airplane out of sticks, and they worship it. Their religion is called, I'm not making this up, their religion is called the cargo cult. They worship a cargo airplane because they believe that it was the supplier from heaven of all these good and perfect things. Now, again, we would all agree it's misdirected worship, and and the gospel needs to go to the Vanuatu people. But the illustration is simply this, that instinctive in their hearts is this need to glorify and exalt and worship something greater than themselves as, as the giver of every good and perfect gift. It's just simply an illustration to make us aware. We have this innate, instinctive desire to worship the Creator. God has revealed Himself through creation. God has revealed Himself through conscience. Number three, God has revealed Himself through commandments. The Bible is given to us as the revelation of God. It is the revelation of God. The Bible is the most widely read, widely published, and widely circulated book in human history. It was compiled over a period of 1,600 years, written by 40 authors, 66 books total in one Bible, written on three continents in three languages. Again, all of that over 1,600 years, and yet all of it fits wonderfully together without contradiction, all in harmony, and all of it to communicate one fundamental purpose, that God has a deep an everlasting love for mankind that he has expressed through his son, Jesus Christ, who died on a cross to rescue us from our sins. That's the whole message of the Bible. And 
again, the beauty, think about it. 1,600 years, 40 authors, three languages, three continents, and all of it fits harmoniously together without contradiction. You couldn't get three reporters from the New York Times in the same room writing about the same story on the same day in the same language, and all of it makes sense. Thanks for listening to Cornerstone Connection. You've been listening to a message from the book of Jeremiah. Known as the Weeping Prophet, he was only 20 years old when he began his prophetic life. Though not specifically mentioned, it is believed he would have followed the life of a pastor. And because of his young age, he was not always well received. No doubt this influenced his writings. And because of their heavy and often negative tone, he earned his title as the Weeping Prophet. However, this did not stop him, and he went on to prophesy the many truths that the people of Jerusalem needed to hear. Did you know that getting together as a church family is one way that you can hear truth from one another? Cornerstone Chapel gets together each Sunday at 8.30, 10, and 11.45 a.m., and Wednesday at 7 p.m. to learn from the Word and spend time in worship as sons and daughters of the King. Find out more at cornerstoneconnection.cc. We also encourage and believe in the power of praying together and for one another. Email us at prayer at cornerstonechapel.net with your prayer needs today. Thanks for listening to The Weeping Prophet, Jeremiah, today on Cornerstone Connection. General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.